Hi, everyone, and welcome to Millennium Live, our digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. Today's episode hardly needs an introduction. Marketing powerhouse Fernando Machado, global CMO of Burger King, takes the hot seat to tell our listeners how he got his start in the marketing world, fun facts about the Whopper campaigns he gets to work on, his team that truly believes in innovation, and the road ahead. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure to be here. You have created a fantastic and successful career. How have you done it and what are you really striving for in 2019? Oh my God, I could spend like an hour talking about that one. Oddly enough, I started my career by studying mechanical engineering. Like it's kind of, I say oddly enough because people see a lot of the work that we're doing is like very creative and all that. But my foundation is actually in engineering and data. I was always like very curious about art and drawing, illustration. I always did that as a kid. So I started working in a factory in Unilever. And uh, that was the first time I've heard the word marketing. Some of the marketing guys from Sao Paulo, I was in Brazil, in Brazilian, came to the factory to show some of the innovation that was coming and all that. And I was like mesmerized by marketing. I was like, oh my God, like you can do like the business side, which is kind of the number side. And you can also exercise your artsy side. So I was crazy enough to apply to a job in marketing and they were crazy enough to take me. So that's how it all started. And then from then, I grew up in Unilever. I spent like 18 years there. Um, I left in the middle to do an MBA, but came back. Uh, and then after 18 years there, I wanted to do something different. I called Burger King, moved to Burger King, and that was like the past five years and a half. And I think that the challenge that we have at Burger King is to keep innovating, to keep doing things differently, to keep the brand at its peak uh, when it comes to creativity, which is not easy because you need to keep inventing yourself while being true to yourself, true to the positioning of the brand, uh, but keeping the brand fresh and creative uh, and innovating, which is the work that we, we try to do, to keep like raising the bar when it comes to creative ambition. On that, you're, you're very much known for being a very creative person. Where does your passion for creative marketing come from? Was it always part of your you know, DNA or did you have like a certain moment that just triggered it? So I, I, I was always a big fan of ideas, campaigns, innovation, or things that became part of popular culture. You know, like I was always a, a huge fan of uh, anything that became talked about by people in a bar, that got talked about uh, on TV, with on media, because I think that that's what advertising and communication and marketing to some extent uh, should be. You know, like I think we are beyond the era of interrupting people and pushing a message uh, on their face. Uh, I think that to uh, conquer like hearts, the brain, and in my case, the stomach, uh, you really need to engage with people in a different way. So, uh, and I think that's where creativity comes in. Everything that we do at Burger King, we are not the biggest spender in, in the category. There are people who have way larger wallets than we have. So everything that we do needs to stand out, needs to be talked about, needs to trigger our media. Uh, and that's exactly the type of marketing I, I like to do. I always did. The marketing that I admire the most all fits uh, in, in that like definition. As an iconic business leader, how have you seen the changes in consumers' perceptions of brands and how that's transformed the way marketing campaigns are created and delivered? So I think that like more and more consumers uh, demand things such as transparency, things such as the brands doing good for society and for people, brands being less greedy about things. And I think that that helps shape 
a lot of the communication that we see out there today, you know, if you think about the work that P&G is doing, the work that Nike is doing, the work that Adidas is doing, the work to some extent that we are doing, that all the brands, they are kind of like engaging with people, I wouldn't even say consumers, at a different level. Brands are investing a lot to have like a, a more positive impact or footprint on the environment. We, in our case, are investing to increase product quality, to improve guest service, to provide more transparency around the products we are serving, because today consumers demand that. And that's, I think, why marketing is, is evolving into direction where you see more brands doing purposeful marketing. You see more brands communicating about environmental sustainability, about nutrition, if you are like a foods brand and all that. So there, there is a, a much bigger concern beyond the promotion, the price point, and the product attributes to communicate in, in, a, in a different level uh, with people out there. So you were recently named the most innovative CMO in the world for 2019. Congratulations. What do you attribute your success and your team's success regarding innovation? Yeah, I think that I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with a, uh, with a marketing team that truly believes in creativity and innovation. Uh, and I think that because of that, we tend to have very strong creative partners. I mean, mainly like the, the agency partners. I think that the, the, the innovation that we do, the main thing behind it is like it's, it's a way to survive. I don't have the biggest budget. So whatever I do, it needs to stand out and it needs to link back to Burger King. And, and that's why we innovate. Innovation in the sense of like doing things differently, launching the Impossible Whopper, which we did a couple of months ago, or coming up with campaigns such as Whopper the Tour, which I will, I will talk about uh, in the conference, or doing a new business model around delivery. In Mexico, we are delivering to cars, which is like delivering to a moving target. So all these things, they are a condition for us to survive. I cannot simply do what others are doing, because if I'm just doing what others are doing, most likely the other that has the largest wallet is going to win. So innovation fuels like our differentiation and, uh, and helps me create a dollar multiplier on everything I do because everything that we do tends to stand out more than if we had done something generic or something that has been done before. It's being innovative from being individual. I think it's being innovative uh, as a way uh, to survive in a market that's very competitive, very cluttered. It's innovation to differentiate our brand, our products, our communication, so that I can compete even without having the largest budget. You just touched on this a little bit. Could you give us a little more insight into how you formed the partnership this year with Impossible Foods and how that's going? That's like something that we're very proud of. We started the conversation uh, with Impossible Foods like a while back. We saw the trend around plant-based burgers or plant-based everything. question was like how mainstream that could be. We took the, the bet in terms of launching that in, in a market test first. So we did a market test in St. Louis. I think it was around 50 restaurants. That went really well. And now we are in the process of extending our partnership and rolling out that product across the U.S. We also launched a similar product. Like It's not the same because it's not a partnership with Impossible Foods. But we, we, we have a partnership with a company called Vivera in, in, uh, in Europe, in Sweden more specifically. And we launched both plant-based beef burger and plant-based chicken burger. And that, like, the first uh, reads in terms of sales, that's like two, three weeks ago, but it's going really well. So uh, we are very excited about the partnership, and, and hopefully this will become a big business for us uh, in the future. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic partnership. Do you see it expanding outside the U.S.? Obviously, you're, you have a global uh, operation. Yeah, I think that the trend uh, is strong everywhere. 
Uh, we've seen competitors launching similar products, meaning like plant-based products in other countries. I think McDonald's does have a product in Germany. We saw Carl's Jr. doing a, like a product. Also, the trend around plant-based is here to stay. It's not just like a fad. So we will probably see more launches, not just from Burger King, but from all brands in QSR around that space across the globe. We talked about this a little bit. So you're a creative person by nature. How does your passion for street art and photography around the world help you in your role as a global CMO? So I think that there are things that you probably like on your personal life that at first may not connect directly to what you do. But I think it's important to nurture those passions because it will definitely help. What do I mean by that? So for instance, I love street art. I have an Instagram just on Wynwood, which is one of the neighborhoods here in Miami that has a ton of street art, in my view, the best street art in the world. We never did anything street art related uh, for Burger King, but looking at that stuff and getting to know a little bit more of that surely helps you shape like your taste for design, for instance. I love drawing and illustration. I draw since I was a kid. doesn't mean that I'm an amazing drawer, but I, I really, it is a passion point. Again, that can help you with layout, with taste for design. In our case, uh, I mean, my team is responsible, responsible for designing the restaurants from the chair to the decor, the counter, like absolutely the exterior of the restaurant, like everything. So having a taste for design and having a passion for design can help. And I think that that's kind of like maybe why I got interested in marketing to start with. I always liked advertising. I always liked content development and I always like design and I thought that working in marketing I could use all that plus the quantitative side that I also had because I was an engineer. So Wynwood in Miami has the best? What do you think is the I, second best? I think it's probably shortage in, uh, in, in London. Okay. Uh, granted that I haven't been to London in a while so maybe <laughs> that's way uh, very strong now but I have seen really cool street art like uh, in, uh, in Beijing, uh, in China, London, Sao Paulo has some really cool stuff. In fact, many of the street artists that like graffiti here in Wynwood, there are some that the Brazilian Cobra is a really famous one. To me, nothing beats Wynwood. And that's why I have an Instagram handle just in Wynwood. I'll have to start following. What do you see as the most important components to having and developing a culture of creativity? I think that it helps if the top uh, of the company believes on that, you know, like uh, and uh, and demonstrates the belief on that, and he he rewards people uh, on that, uh, uh, like shows appreciation for that. Uh, I think it's like uh, as a parent educating uh, the, the, the kids, you know, like uh, you need like it, it, I think it needs to come from the top. You need to to showcase that it matters, and then I think that people will start to. To, to invest behind that and we'll start to develop a, a, an appreciation for that. In our case today, I think we have an organization that believes in creativity and we have a ton of people that are very creative and that have like tried to set the bar in terms of the creative ambition like very, very high. But I think it started back then when Axel Schwann, who was the CMO, joined as, as CMO and I joined as head of marketing and we started to like have more and more people who had a marketing background and had a greater appreciation for creativity and now that kind of like permeates the whole organization and, and infuse all the teams uh, with that same mindset. And it's clear, you know, just the sheer passion of it comes through as well and helps everyone. Life is too short for you not to work on something that you are very passionate about. 
I think that Burger King is a brand that has tradition of having great creative. And when we did not have great creative, the brand didn't do well. So even if you go back then, 12 years ago, on the time of Crisp in Porto Bogoski, where the brand was doing things such as Whopper Freak Out, Whopper Virgins, Whopper Sacrifice, all those ideas, Whopper Rats, Subsurfer Chicken, people still talk about those ideas, even though they are like 10, 12 years old. When an idea is not so good, people don't talk about them, even when it's on TV that same month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we, we know that that works for us, and that's why we value so much and invest behind it. In the uh, fast-moving digital world where consumers create a a lot of the the content that they see individually, why do you think it is important for marketers to really keep the messaging simple? I think it's important to keep the message simple, even like the brief should be simple, Mm -hmm. because the span of attention of people is very short. I think you are bombarded with messages that interrupt you or social media, right? I mean, if you think about yourself, when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're, like, you, you, you're consuming that media at a very fast pace. So if it's something very complicated or hard to engage with, chances are that unless it's extremely creative, people are probably not going to consume that. So that's why you should try to keep things simple. Where do you believe, you know, a lot of marketers are creating campaigns that are really like provocative, you know, socially and creatively as well? Um, you know, do you see that, you know, as, as a way to stand out as well? Yes, but it always depends on what's the positioning of your brand. I think that those type of campaigns that have a purpose or that have a point of view, they tend to work if the positioning of the brand has to do with the topic in question or if the brand has like a history of like uh, of talking about that, or if the brand is actually doing something about it instead of just doing a film. I think that the risk that you have is greater if you come across inauthentic than if you put a point of view that might be controversial out there. Because if, if you are authentic to the brand positioning and you do things in an authentic way and you are doing story doing, not just storytelling, yeah, maybe there is a topic that will divide people But chances are that people who like it will love it and they will defend you. The problem is if the brand does that in an inauthentic way because there will be very few people to defend the brand in whatever that topic is. People like the marketeers or the brands that are doing a great job from my perspective, they know that a brand is much more than the products that they sell. You know, like, uh, and, and I think that there is plenty of evidence out there that show that consumers will value uh, when, a, when a brand stands for something positive and has good intentions and has a purpose. So I don't think brands should shy away uh, of having a point of view or touching on something that's purposeful as long as it's true to their positioning, as long as they're actually doing something about it, uh, and as long as they do in a way that feels authentic to, to the brand. The Burger King brand has had a lot of you know, innovative uh, you know, marketing campaigns recently, you know, from Super Bowl to Whopper Detour. Which one is your proudest accomplishment? I think that in the, in the recent past, the campaign that has uh, the whole team most proud of is Whopper the Tour. Because on top of being extremely innovative, it delivered like very strong results. For the ones that don't know, uh, Whopper the Tour was a campaign that we used to launch the mobile order and payment function in our mobile app. And, uh, and we tried all sorts of things before we, we launched. Like we tried like offering free products on the app if you order through mobile order and payment. Uh, we, we offer like uh, great offers if you order mobile order and payment. You probably haven't heard about that because none of that really worked in a, in, a, in a very strong way. Why? Because that's something that everyone does. 
you know, like all my competitors, they have done something free or a huge discount when you do mobile order and payment. So we had to come up with something different, uh, something that puts a smile on people's face, something that creates engagement, because that's the type of brand we are. So we had this crazy idea, which was to offer a Whopper for one cent, but you had to order from a McDonald's. So imagine this, like uh, you had to download the app, put your credit card, drive to a McDonald's, order from there, drive back to Burger King, which makes no sense, right? I mean, if I gave you the two options, look, you can download the app and you get a free Whopper, or you do what I just described it, what would you prefer? Most marketeers would probably say, oh, just give the free Whopper. Well, we did it. No, doesn't work. work. Yeah, No one cared about it. So uh, this just shows that understanding your target audience, understanding what makes them tick, uh, and creating something that's very creative, even though makes no sense at first, can actually work. Be that's the beauty of creativity. Creativity has the power of bend the logic. Uh -huh. You know, like uh, of like uh, it, creating uh, the, the shortest distance between two points. In the case of creativity, sometimes this is a curve, not a straight line. You know what I mean? And the tour is a proof of that. We just came back from Cannes Lions, right? I mean, yep. the Creative Festival last week. Whopper the Tour won three Grand Prix. Uh, in con the grand prix in direct marketing the grand prix in mobile things i mean the team is like super happy uh, and the grand prix in the titanium grand prix which is like impossible to win like yeah. it's crazy so it's great to see that it triggered results it got recognized by by the industry as a very innovative campaign and it was something that was incredibly creative and that got a ton of talkability for the brand I was just thinking about it really makes it fun for the yes, consumer. Yes, yes. And, and people, like, when they think about Burger King, they think about a brand that's an enabler for fun. Yeah. Fast food is a fun category. And I think that what we try to do is to be the fun brand in a category that is fun by nature. So we really need to push hard uh, and do things in a different way because of that. So we always hear, you know, a lot in the media about successful people having a set morning and nighttime weekend routine. A, do you? And you know, what are your the tricks that you can teach us? Oh my God! I think my routine is so crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I I go to bed later than I should. I, I wake up earlier than I should. Usually over the weekend, I try to spend a lot of time with my wife and, and my four year old. I do have some routines. I do try to play soccer or football yeah. every Thursday here in in, in, in Brickell, actually, so it's very close, like to where we are. I try to uh, to exercise, so I have a personal trainer that comes to the building, so I have no excuse yeah. to not exercise. <laughs> I try to be in the office as much as I can. I mean, like our uh, our company is very transparent, very fluid, and it's great to be in the office to get so much done just by walking around and talking to people. I try to rest when I'm traveling, and I'm traveling a lot, so I try to rest on the plane. That's what I mean. I'm on the internet more than I should, like a combination of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and reading the news. First news that I read every day is about my soccer team back in, in Brazil. I support Flamengo. It's a team from Rio. So I kind of like do have a routine, but it's not like um, a routine that I follow by the book on purpose. Yeah. You know, it just happens uh, that way. I try to do things that make me the most uh, effective. You grew up in Brazil. You, as you said, travel the world globally, regularly, and experience all different cultures. Do you have a favorite place in the world? I lived in so many places, you know, like I, even in Brazil. I was born in Rio. Then I moved to the Amazon. Then I moved to Bahia, which is the northeast. Then I moved to Rio and then to Bahia again. And then to Campinas, which is the countryside of Sao Paulo. I did my MBA in France. I lived in Mexico, New York, London, 
in now Miami. And honestly, like I enjoyed all those experiences, you know, like uh, most of the time I don't necessarily miss the place. I miss the friends I had on those places. And I think that if that's the criteria, I think I probably miss Bahia, which is the northeast of Brazil, the most. I had amazing friends there. That's where I did high school. And uh, and maybe because of the distance, because it's not easy flight, I need to go through Sao Paulo. I end up not seeing those guys as much as I would like to, even though we are all the time on WhatsApp making fun of each other and send uh, and sending like jokes and, and stuff like that. So that would be, I think, that the place I, I miss the most because of my friends. No, I did the exact same with my, all my you know, friends for 20 plus years in Sydney. Yes, yeah, the same same thing. And yeah. I think that fortunately or unfortunately, technology keep us close. That's the fortunate part. Uh, the unfortunate part is that, well, maybe if there was no technology, I would make an even stronger effort to, <laughs> to go there. I think that we just need to put the excuses aside and, and, and make the time to go visit uh, people. So which of all the markets you know, that Burger King is in around the globe um, is really exciting you from a creative and brand perspective? I think that the, I think that today we have some really strong creative coming from many markets. If you use Cannes Lions, just because it was last yeah. week as an example, I think we won Lions with more than 10 campaigns from different places. Incredible. So, um, yeah, it's like, and it shows that we have a very strong team and very strong creative partners like everywhere. So in US, we have a very strong team and we have very strong creative partners with David Miami, with Mullen. Uh, Boston, um, with ABMC doing the PR stuff. Brazil, Brazil won nine lions uh, this year uh, with uh, with David São Paulo, which is our local agency. Very strong marketing team with Ariel, with Thais. Think about like uh, Germany. We have like a great team: Klaus, Bene, Grabbers, and Partners. It's an independent agency. Spain, we have La Dispensa, we have Mullen uh, Low, which is Lola uh, in Spain, which also won a gold. Uh, in, in print, uh, with, a, with a birthday clown campaign. Sweden, like a small country for us, but we have an amazing agency, which is Ingo with Bjorn uh, as like the, the head of uh, creative there, and Ivo doing the marketing work. I think Sweden won like four lions for, for Burger King like this year. So we have very strong creative coming from different places, and many times that creative travels uh, and goes to other markets, uh, and I think that's also one of the reasons for behind our success, and not just in creative recognition, but in f- uh, uh, feeding markets with uh, with great ideas and great executions for them to deploy. So also, you know, I think it's great that you don't just lead all the global branding, you know, from you know from the U.S., the biggest market. You know, it's all individualized. Yeah, and I think that's that's like a, a consequence of the way we are structured. Like we have master franchisees leading the work in the, in the in different countries, but the good news is that we have a very strong connection uh, with those teams. So even though it's a master franchisee, it's actually one team, yeah. and we are talking all the time. We are transparent about things all the time. We are sharing what works, what doesn't work, which is like you need to have trust to share what's not working. In Cannes, they were all there. We had more than twenty people jumping up and down. When we were like, when we received the Creative Brand of the Year award uh, this year, it is just great to see like uh, everyone very aligned. Doesn't mean that we agree on everything, but very aligned in terms of the position of the brand and the creative ambition. And amazing work coming from so many different geographies and agencies. Fantastic. And so, how does your you know team around the world 
use social media and other platforms to really foster community development with your you know, consumers or your brand, you know, externally, internally, online, offline? I think that we, we invest behind like the classic platforms. And maybe like in one country or another, you have an exception because a platform is stronger than the other. Like or in China, where you have like a completely different landscape. We do a lot of stuff on Facebook. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram. We do some stuff on Twitter. And in the US, we do much more Twitter than in some other markets. We, we even like sometimes create campaigns that we know are going to fly on WhatsApp, uh, for instance, which okay. is very hard to, ma- you cannot measure necessarily. But we know it's like, it's circulating. Like we had a campaign in Brazil that became trading topic, probably fueled through WhatsApp, which was the Blank Whopper campaign. I think that we, we use social media pretty much like many other brands use. I think that our key difference is the type of content we produce and our speed in terms of reaction and interaction with, uh, with what's happening out there. We want a, a silver lion for a tweet. <laughs> like okay. one tweet like got us a silver lion in PR and another tweet also got us a silver lion uh, in, a, in another category. Two tweets. Last year, Burger King had the most liked tweet for any brand in history. And it was a tweet with three words. So it's all about the context and the uh-huh. speed and having the time to, uh, like, it's like having a, a friend that's funny. Timing of the joke is critical. Uh, and I think that if you are like a, a very big, fat, slow, bureaucratic company, you, it will be harder for you to move at the pace that's needed for you to win uh, in social media. And I think that's where we are different on the type of content, on the speed, and on the degree of risk that we are willing to take. Yeah, it's less risk on finding that moment. Exactly, yeah. yeah. What does the role uh, as a CMO look like in 2020? I think that like, uh, it's always like um, trying to find the right balance between the short term and the long term. Uh, that, that's how I see the role. You know, it's very easy for you to get bugged down by the short term, especially if results are not good. And, and, and just like put your head down, it's like sales for the week, for the day, for the month. If you do that, it may result in an okay outcome on the short term, but then are you preparing the brand to be strong 10 years, 15, 20 years from now? I really like the phrase, sales is our duty as CMOs, uh, but building the brand is our legacy. So to me, like the, the CMOs that will succeed in 2020 are the ones that are finding the optimum balance between those two things that are hopefully delivering the results on the short term and that's going to open up space for them to do things that will strengthen the brand for the future. Whether that's digital, product quality, service, entering a new category, e-commerce, I think it depends on the brand on the category, but you need to have that mentality of like short term and long term. Fantastic. So you speak at many conferences and events around the world. What excites you about being the keynote speaker at our Digital Retail Transformation Assembly in August? First of all, I love the fact that it's in Dallas. Like uh, it has been a while I haven't been there. And it's uh, it's a place that is incredibly like uh, in terms of competition in my country, which is QSR uh, fast food. I mean, I cannot think of any place that has more players like side by side. So it would be great just like to go there. It's great that it's the right number of people in terms of the conference, which will allow not just for a keynote, but even like to have some interaction one-to-one throughout the event. Because sometimes like in Cannes, we did speak in Cannes, it's like 3,000 people, so it becomes impossible to 
to go deeper or to do a Q&A, a meaningful Q&A or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that uh, on the um, on the keynote that we're organizing, we'll be able to do that. And and I think that also like the caliber of the people who are coming is not an audience of only creative people, which tends to be the case in Cannes, or an audience of like more junior people. So I think it will result in a much more rich uh, conversation, dialogue, Q&A. Uh, and that's also something that gets me really excited about. That's great, which is, you know, it's also an intimate environment for, you know, as you said, really meaningful conversations that don't just end at the at an event. True. I think that in all, all those events like this, many times the most important thing that you take out is the connections that you're going to make, yeah. right? I mean, I've seen, like, uh, most of the people that I work with, especially on the creative media, uh, even, like, on the strategic side, I met on some sort of event, or a friend of a friend that was also on the event introduced me to someone. Like, I would say that half of our creative partners started with, like, meeting at the event. So I'm also looking forward to, to those connections. Fantastic. One last question. What is your number one tip for a CMO, you know, for the rest of 2019? Number one tip, um, I will give two. Because one I kind of, like, touched, which is, like, really try to think about things on short-term, long-term. And think if you are balancing your time right. Sometimes when the building's on fire, we tend to go much more short term, but you cannot forget about the long term. And I think that the other one is be passionate about what you do. You know, like life is too short for you to not be passionate about what you do. Invest so much time at work, right? I mean, you probably spend much more time at work than with your friends, sometimes even with your family if you travel too much on your job. So you need to love what you do. And I think that a bit of the reason of the success of our team is that people are truly obsessed about creativity, design, marketing, sales, restaurant image, which is our job. You know, like uh, it's we think it's fun and we enjoy doing what we do. And that's why we invest so much time uh, and, and so much like obsession uh, around the stuff. We want it to be perfect. We want it to be great. We want it to be better than what anyone else is doing out there. Fantastic. Let's make it fun. Fernando Machado, thank you very much for joining us here in Miami. We're really excited for uh, you to be with us in Dallas in August for, and for your keynote. My pleasure, and uh, I'll see you guys in Dallas. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen and subscribe to our podcast exclusively on iTunes and SoundCloud to get the inside scoop from top execs in the world of digital transformation. Head on over to mill-all.com for more information on our upcoming marketing events.